Welcome to Teen Wealth Radio, a show just for teens, their parents, and educators to come together and discuss the issues that are affecting our youth today. Your host is Brandy England. Brandy is joined each week by amazing guests, as well as a regular panel of co-hosts who are here to give you ideas and encouragement every step of the way. We also have plenty of other surprises on today's show. So let's get started. Here's your host, Brandy England. Hey everyone and welcome to the show. You've got co-host Rebecca Shalon again uh, this week and we will be talking to Alika Rezvani. Hi Alika. Hi, how are you? I'm good. Thank you so much for being on the show with us. Now Alika is joining us from Israel so it's currently 3am where she is so we we very (laughs) much appreciate um, you being here with us and we're looking forward to hearing what you have to say. Um, do you want to give a little bit of an introduction, tell tell everyone who you are and uh, what you do and all of that sort of stuff? Sure. So uh, first of all, thank you so much for having me. I really, really appreciate it. Um, so my name is Elika Rizvani. I am Persian-Israeli-American, and I was actually born in Iran, in Tehran in uh, 1989, uh, post-revolutionary Iran. Um, When in 1991, my family and I escaped from Iran um, and made our way to Israel. And then when I was 10 years old, I made my way to Los Angeles and uh, had been living back and forth from L.A. to have been going back and forth from LA to Israel, um, but haven't been back in quite a while. I am an extra and a bit part actress um, and uh, really, 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 really happy to be in the arts. And uh, the entertainment field is definitely where I belong, I feel. So um, yeah, and I'm 31 years old and uh, excited excited to be on the show. So you said you moved to LA when you were when you were ten. Uh, what yeah. prompted that move? So um, it's such a interesting story, actually. So my family and I we moved to Israel um, after the revolution, and growing up, you know, I, I grew up um, in Israel, right near the Gaza Strip. Like it was twenty minutes away from the Gaza Strip, so we were constantly in in war, basically. So um, you can imagine being in bomb shelters every, like a a lot, and you would have your own shelter in your home um, and having a gas and uh, having siren, like like a siren go off all the time. And that was a part of our daily life. So when you live right near the Gaza Strip, that's something that you just, you take into account, you know? and when I was eight years old, um, basically my mother was diagnosed with colon cancer, and my father had some uh, was was challenged in a lot of ways mentally. And um, basically, when I when I was eight, you know, when my mother got sick, we didn't really have anyone to take care of her, and I had to step in because you know we, we we were very poor growing up so um that meant changing her cholestamine bags taking her to chemotherapy um buying her medicine for her um taking her on these on these appointments um 
so it was very, very difficult. So I was basically my mom's nurse for two years. And uh, when I was 10 years old, she, you know, unfortunately passed away and um, uh, under very difficult circumstances. And, you know, it wasn't just, you know, in a way, you know, losing your parent, it was losing someone you loved. And it was also losing someone you, someone who was essentially your patient also. Um, So when I was 10, there was really not much that could be done with me, you know, and, you know, I think my mother always wanted me to never go into the foster care system, not because, you know, not because of anything bad, but just she wanted me to have to stay with family. Um, So about three months after she passed, I was basically told by some family members that I'm going to a wedding in Los Angeles where I had family there and that I need to pack and I'd be and I'd be going little did I know I was being sent to move there and I didn't know that I would I wouldn't be coming back um so basically I was there very 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 intense and uh you know we had like a, a a wedding you know card an invitation card set up to show you know the um I think the immigration or whoever it was and I was just a little girl I was 10 years old so I I it was you can imagine how heartbreaking it was knowing that I wasn't going to come back because I I didn't know you know I didn't really say goodbye to people so that that's what prompted me to move to LA yeah and so looking back on that do you are you glad that you moved when you did or do you do you regret that um choice that was made for you or what how do you feel about it um to be quite honest with you um I'm a firm firm believer that everything happens for a reason and I think if I hadn't moved I wouldn't have had the amazing life that mm-hmm. I started to have at a certain point because me growing up you know for me I've always kind of you know, my mother, my, my biological mother would tell me these fairy tale stories, Cinderella stories. And I think that really stuck in my head. You know, yeah, this, I remember you saying that you feel like a real life Cinderella. <laughs> I know I, I really, really feel that way. Yeah. And, I, and I think I always wanted that. So, uh, you know, we have so many similarities in common, you know, losing a parent, taking care of things in the home. Um, and then finally, so, somehow, get, you know, going to the ball. And I feel very much that, you know, what what happened to me wouldn't, you know, the transition and moving to America wouldn't have had me, wouldn't have given me the opportunity to lead the life that I, I do now. Mm-hmm. Um, so, no, I, I definitely think it was the right thing to do. I really believe that, you know, every little thing that happens to us leads us to something to to something better so yeah I love that too everything does happen for a reason and you know you don't always see um the lessons at the time but I think hindsight is a really sort of powerful thing um but if we're if we're continuing with the Cinderella story who would have been the fairy godmother in that situation that's such a good question so when I moved to Israel I was I mean excuse me when I moved to Los Angeles I was 10 years old and I had been living with my elderly grandfather, 
who mm-hmm. didn't really who didn't speak a word of Hebrew or English. And yeah. so communication wise was very difficult, although I would I I was, you know, a, a, I spoke Farsi, but not okay. to the level that he did because I was 10 years old. So my vocabulary wasn't as great as his. Um, so I was living with him and very, very somewhat difficult, you know, circumstances because, you know, as as much of a good job he tried to do. I was 10 and I needed a lot of, a lot of, a lot of different things that I didn't really have. I didn't really feel like I had a family. Um, I didn't feel loved really. I felt, um, um, you know, emotionally that, I mean, there was so much, there was so much that I they didn't have, you know, I didn't yeah. have the opportunity to go to, to, to be with, you know, holidays or, you know, doing things in life. I mean, it was really like I was just living day to day, going to school, coming home. I mean, there was no real motivation, no real anything. So when I was 15 years old, you know, my life really changed. And I really got that fairy tale moment. And my, my, it came in the form of a godmother. It really did. Mm-hmm. Fairy godmother where you know, the Jewish Federation, a big brother, big sister program paired me up with a, a, an amazing, amazing, amazing woman who I sincerely call my my fairy godmother. And she and her husband have now become, I call them my adoptive parents. Mm-hmm. Uh, although we didn't sign any paperwork from the government, we signed paperwork from the Jewish Federation. And I consider them my parents now my life has completely completely changed since I met them because my father my adoptive father he's a movie producer and music producer and my mother is a uh, a writer uh, uh, producer as well and she had been uh, a movie that she did a short film that she did was nominated for an academy award and she's been you know to the Oscars and everything like that in the early 90s so you can imagine culturally wise how things were different because you know I had come from a very kind of strict Persian background in a certain way Mm -hmm. and then you meet these Americans that open my open my eyes up to a whole different world you know ballet art theater um the best restaurants the best um the best of everything but also really encouraged my 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 myself into kind of being a more more of a well-rounded individual mm-hmm. um and just gave me so much love and so much care and you know I never never felt alone after that when it came to so many things I mean I had friends that were kind of you know looking up certain people that were looking up to my my parents and just thinking wow this is just you know whereas before it was the other way around, you know, I had wanted people, you know, what others had. And I felt in a certain way, the table turned and, and, and I felt a part of things and people wanted maybe what I had for the first time. Um, mm-hmm. So, so that, that was really, that was really what started, you know, the good, the good life for me. Yeah, it truly does sound like a Cinderella story. And I'm really ha- happy that you found your your happy ending kind of thing. Do you feel like your story is, is coming full circle now? Like, do you, 
where where is your story heading to now? So, well, since I met them, I've kind of got, you know, I've always been a movie lover, always. But since I met them, you know, and I've had, I, I got a taste of, you know, of, of kind of the the entertainment field more like as in me wanting to maybe get into that world my mother was she was writing a script and she used my hair as inspiration um in for the script and I think I was hooked from then Mm -hmm. and um definitely the entertainment field acting is is you know how however small it is however big it is um whatever you call it that's definitely that's definitely one I want to continue heading in that direction. Yeah, you feel like you found your passion. Definitely. Do you definitely. think that you you would have found um, like passion for acting if you hadn't have met uh, your now adoptive parents? Um, I I don't know. I've, I mean, I've always I've always loved movies, always, and I've always had that you know. Cinderella and and movies and magic and all of that but I think they definitely sparked something in me that that is very that I I don't know to be honest with you I don't know but again you see that's the thing I hadn't moved to LA and everything that happened to me I wouldn't have met them yeah do you know what I'm saying yeah and now you're you're back in Israel now um, yeah. and you said you haven't been back to LA for a little while. When are you planning on sort of like, how, how has it been with everything that's going on in the world right now? Have you been able, like, have you been able to go back, uh, like plan to go back or, or how has so that affected been, you? So I haven't been back in about six years. Oh, very, wow. very, um, yeah, I haven't mm. been back six years. Um, the, you know, what what is going on in the world is so stressful i think for so many different people mm-hmm. um, that i think there's a lot of uncertainty about the future but i'm in the midst of uh, of write, writing a script and um i definitely at some point want to go back to america there's just so much going on in the world that i don't think it's the right thing to to move during a pandemic um yeah. you know so definitely I'm 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 like everybody else I'm just hoping for the best and and, and being grateful for what what I do have you know and that's yeah. very important I think in, in life in, with anyone's mental health or with anyone's um you know ideas you have to always I think look at what you do have because there's always going to be someone that has it worse than you um so yeah so that's uh that's uh well delving into you know you're you're touching on mental health like there's obviously a lot of um things that you've brought up today that must have been quite heavy you know at at eight years old you became your mother's nurse um and and that must have had like a, a big impact on you how did you sort of um learn to deal with that and cope with that for so long and and how did that affect how you were growing up Thank you so much for your question. So, such a good question also. Um, (laughs) So, so growing up, I I told you, I I watched a lot of movies. Mm -hmm. I would watch a lot of heavy movies as well. I'd Mm -hmm. watch people who would do drugs. I would watch people who would 
get into trouble with the police. I would watch people who would basically kind of go down a very dark path. And I think from when I was a little girl, I made the decision uh, that things are already difficult as they are. I'm not going to dip my hand into anything Mm -hmm. that would make it even worse. And I know that sounds weird as a little girl to 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 make that decision, but I knew that someday my fairy tale story would come, and I knew that I needed to be as clear headed as possible mm-hmm. to make to 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 grab my chance and run with it. So I would always cry to be quite honest with you to to let off steam or that was my way of you know getting through what was difficult and journaling was a big part of my life when I was a teenager and um, reaching out to people was another wonderful form for me Um, and I believe these healthy ways of of doing things and obviously everyone deals with grief in a different way so I'm not here you know to tell anyone else what they should do but this is what worked for me Mm -hmm. and this is my mental health journey you know yeah I agree. I think everybody has their their own process. They figure out what works uh, for them, and and you know, not not everyone can be sort of painted with the same brush. But definitely, right. as someone so young going through what you were going through, it's it's like, who were you reaching out to? Uh, anyone who would listen. Anyone who to, would listen. I didn't I like know. Who, I, you know, I I told every. I I now I look back and I think, oh my god, I was such a non-private individual I would share everything with everybody not everything but I would share things with people and now as an adult I'm so much more of a private individual I find it so interesting but I would reach out to anyone in school especially before I met my mother I would reach Mm -hmm. out to anyone in school friends in school anyone who would basically listen um, because I felt quite alone within my um bubble that I was in because it really was a bubble and felt a lot like a lot of people didn't really listen and within my blood relatives especially felt that people didn't really understand me so I reached out to anyone who might help so yeah it's so important to not be afraid and if you get a rejection from someone just go to the next person at some point you know someone will listen to you yeah you know and there is hope at the end of that tunnel. Uh, you know, it, there's light at the end of that tunnel. You know. Yes, there's certainly light and hope, and I I think it's important that we sort of establish who we can safely you know turn to and and um you know learn to recognize the signs of of like who to trust and everything. It's definitely all a learning process. Uh, but we are about to go on a short break, and we will delve right back into that right when we return from this short break. Amazing. Thank you. Hey you, yeah you, are you tired of people asking you what you want to be when you grow up? Well, we can help. What if we gave you the money to start your own business? All you have to do is join the Teen Wealth Club. Even if you have no idea what you want to do, we can help you have the life of your dreams and play by your own rules. We are real, real people who believe that your life can be whatever you want it to be. 
And we know it works because we have hundreds of other teens just like you who are doing it right now. Check out GlobalTeenWealth.org and start the life of your dreams today. Don't forget to mention Teen Wealth Radio and we'll send you a free gift when you join. Or you can call us at 1-855-866-TEEN. That's 1-855-866-8336. GlobalTeenWealth.org. We're here to get you started on your future. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You are tuned in to Teen Wealth Radio. To join in the conversation, send an email to Brandy at GlobalTeenWealth.com. That's Brandy with an I at GlobalTeenWealth.com. Now, back to this week's show. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Teen Wealth Radio. You're with Rebecca Shalon filling in for Brandy, and we are talking to Elika Rosani. Hi. Hi. How are you? Um, and um, she's just in the middle of telling us um, about her story, and we've learned all about how she grew up and, um, and came to L.A. and the real-life Cinderella story. Um, and now we're sort of getting into, you know, that sort of nitty gritty of that, of that life, because it's quite an intense life that you've had. Um, (laughs) and you know, like how, how did you cope with it? And, you know, you were mentioning about like reaching out to just like anyone who would listen and like, how did you, um, like, did you make mistakes and, and how did that affect you? And, you know, how has this affected your mental health journey? So thank you for your question so basically i think when i said reaching out to people i think it's very important to reach out to someone that isn't exactly in your age group and i know what people are going to say and they might say well that's not exactly correct but when you're 10 years old if you're reaching out to another person who's 10 years old you're kind of struggling and that 10 year old isn't going to understand exactly what you're going through and isn't going to be able to handle that pressure. You can, you can hug the 10 year old, you can kiss the 10 year old, you could, you know, uh, get comfort in a certain way, but seek someone who's really an adult. And, and I think tell them what's going on and they might have an avenue, uh, you know, a way to help you. And also they might be able to, you know, give you perspective on what's going on. Um, So I think, so I think I, when I was young, I tried to get comfort from people my own age. Um, and they didn't really have, you know, the mental capacity to handle that because I didn't have the mental capacity to even handle it myself. Yeah. So I think um, that's definitely, you know, something that I didn't and, and I expected them to understand. I don't think anyone's going to fully understand you know, until they walk in your, in your shoes. But I think that an, an older person 
kind of will see the world a little bit and will be able to, um, you know, really kind of have you see the bigger picture. Yeah, I think uh, you bring up a really good point um, about, um, you know, peer groups versus a trusted adult, like, because you need to sort of find someone who's able to sort of widen your perspectives because you were dealing with some very adult emotions um, mm-hmm. and, and not really knowing where to go. So it's definitely important to find a trusted adult, someone you trust. Um, and, you know, there's there's plenty of advice that your peer group can offer you as well. But often the thing that's going to make us think differently is someone who's, you know, got those years of experience. And, you know, that's not to say that you have to always have someone older. Like I find, you know, as a 32-year-old, a lot of the time when I'm talking to my younger friends, I find a lot of really great advice I think it just depends sort of where you are um in your in your in your life like age and journey kind of thing because there's there's also people who sort of have to grow up before their time such as how you did so I'm sure you were a very insightful teenager if anybody had to like come to you no I mean actually a lot of people through the years kind of told me that I, I give great advice um and maybe, you know, and I've had people say that I was mature for my age, but a lot of the time I I, I also wasn't. And I also, you know, didn't give great advice and everything mm-hmm. like that. But I, I, I definitely think that you're right about that. But the thing was, I was dealing with a lot of adult, you know, adult yeah. issues. And I needed to speak with an adult. Um, or professional. But, you know, yeah, definitely. So. I mean, mental health, I think, is something everyone deals with. I really do, because I think there's a difference between mental health and mental illness. And Mm -hmm. I think, you know, every single person at some point in their life, you know, has cried or has felt sad or has been stressed or, you know, and then, you know, so I think it's there's nothing to be shamed of to, you know, to actually talk about it. But I think definitely still there's a stigma around speaking about it because, especially now in, in this day and age where, you know, social media, which is such a wonderful thing and, um, and all these different avenues that people can reach out to each other with, I think it's wonderful. But at the same time, you know, it's, you know, tw- 10 years ago, 20 years ago, you didn't have to deal with, you know, that pressure of, of, of having things be perfect. And yeah. I think, you know, now with people's mental health, it's become doubly, I don't even know if that's a word, but it's become three Mm -hmm. times as hard as, as, you know, as when I was growing up, when I was a teenager, oh my God, if I had to deal with some of the issues that teens are dealing with now, I honestly don't know how, how I would do it. Mm. Um, So, you know, I think, yeah, but I, I do at the same time think that some of the things that I went through, um, or some of the advice I can give, you know, you could still use that today, but mm-hmm. I think that the problems are, you know, three times more difficult to, to a certain extent with what teenagers go through. I think there's definitely um, new and <laughs> unusual things that, uh, you know, the teenagers <laughs> of today have to deal with because it's it's definitely a different world out there and it's, it's a lot harder to sort of, um, you know, try and find a way to cope with what you're going through when you constantly, you know, have the image of everybody else being okay put in front of you. But we've got to remember that, you know, what we see on social media is a curated version of that person. It's not like 
um, you know, they're sharing all of the hard parts. And, you know, some some influencers and things like that are getting better at sort of, um, you know, sharing the difficult parts of their lives as well because they're realising that it's important to sort of show that things are not always perfect because when you're going through a hard time, if if all you can see is that, like, no one else has been through what you've been through, um, then that can be, like, really difficult to process. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that a hundred percent. And um, I think, I think in a way, with the pandemic that has been going on, it's made a lot of people more aware of what's really important in life. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I just, I, I just sincerely hope that you know, that I don't, I don't know how teenagers do it now. I really don't know. <laughs> uh, they're strong. They're a lot stronger. I'm very inspired by a lot of the teenagers of today. They're, they're one of the like best generations for like getting things done you know right, what I mean? right. like they, they've seen a problem and like I feel like they've had to grow up a lot faster than a lot of us because they're, right. they're not always allowed to play kind of thing their playing is different it's a lot more digital and there's a lot more information and um you know they've got to care about the world that we live in right now because there's, there's so many things going on to destroy it right 100 mm. percent yeah, I feel for the teens of today, but you know, let's let's talk more about like you and um and uh what you sort of did as a teenager and what coping mechanisms um did you find helped the most? I know you mentioned journaling and like uh what have you has carried through to who you are now as like um you know over thirty? What do you use now that you used back then? So actually what I use, I still communicate with people, not as much. Um, I've become a real private person, but I communicate um, through journaling, actually. Mm-hmm. And my journaling has kind of changed. It used to be that I would, you know, every single day write down, you know, everything that was going on or how upset I would be or whatever. I kind of have changed that, you know, mentality in a certain way where I write down every single day the good things that have happened to me mm-hmm. my accomplishments of today and what I'm proud of and I do that every single day I don't miss one day and it's been quite a few years that I've been doing that and I've seen a big change um, in life you know when you're able to write down and see in front of you the good you know, it's it's one thing if you think about the good in your head, but it's another thing where it's j- jotted down and it's an actual, you know, uh, it's like a footnote in history in a way. Yeah. I feel that that has really helped me. And I think, I think I tell people this all the time, but write down, you know, the good things. And some people say, I don't know if that's going to help, but really, if you stick to it every single day, you'll notice you've got so much to be grateful for. And so much to you're blessed. You're so blessed in so many ways. So that's something that I've really I've I've taken since then. But for the last few years, I have um, really been on a change in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, where I've started to incorporate this. You know, ways to to really help me in different ways. You know, I take vitamins and I take. Um, you know, I meditate. And I work out and I cut out any negative toxins, a lot of toxins, you know, from, from the body um, and, and along with journaling and everything like that. That's definitely something I, I've, I've incorporated in the last year, I would say. 
Mm-hmm. So. I definitely agree with you that self-care is important. So listening to what your body needs, like figuring out what you're lacking in. Like I know for me, because being an Australian who moved to Vancouver, I went from like all sun and a whole lot of vitamin D to like all gray <laughs> and a whole lot of rain. And I right. know that that definitely affects me. So that's definitely a vitamin that I, you know, increase when I'm when I'm starting to feel you know a little bit of that seasonal affected disorder and you know getting a a little bit sad um but yeah like it's it's all about as you say like listening to your body and like taking it's not about just like sort of getting on a multivitamin taking all that sort of stuff if your body doesn't need it then you you, you're doing it a disservice what you need to do is sort of really figure out what's going to work for you because as you said before there's not a one size fits all to all of this it's just about being mindful and you know practicing that self-care by by giving your body the good things definitely definitely so uh, yeah, that, that's that's what I've been doing, and it's 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 working for me a lot. I think mm-hmm. um, I think the meditation. You know, I light a candle every night, and I meditate, and I and I do it every night actually before I go to bed because I find a lot of the time, you know, when when you do go to bed, you have so much noise in your head, and mm-hmm. for me, it's, it's it's such a centering thing to go to bed with a clean. Uh, clean mind um so yeah I just I I hope anyone anyone that's listening will know yes there is no no one size fits all really honestly there isn't but Mm -hmm. but trust me when I tell you uh that meditation can can work for some people and working out definitely can work for for a lot of people yeah those endorphins (laughs) I mean like Yeah, definitely sort of doing what's accessible to you. And I think as well, like you make a good point um, with meditation, like going to bed, like with a quiet mind. But I think um, with meditation, a lot of the time people talk about it and and you get this sort of like one idea in it that it's this complete Zen moment. But for me, meditation is chaos because my (laughs) brain does not be quiet. Like so meditation looks different for everyone. So again, right. going with this whole, you know, like one size fits all, like going with that idea that that's not the case again, even with meditation, like you're not doing it wrong. If you're sitting and you're having just a moment to yourself and like trying to get into that meditative vibe, whether it's a guided meditation, whether it's just taking, you know, 30 seconds to breathe, you're not doing it wrong. Whatever's happening, however long, like however you know, fast the thoughts in your brain are going like all the time, there's no wrong way to do it. Meditation can be very noisy for some people. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I 100% agree with what you said, because I do meditation differently. Actually, I light a candle. I I lay flat in bed, not, not like just laying down, not mm-hmm. going under the covers or anything. And I basically made it meditate anywhere from a minute and a half to four minutes. Mm -hmm, And, you know, mm -hmm. someone said to me, well, you're not doing it right. You should be sitting on the floor and your hands should be a certain way. And, and you should have, you know, you should do it at least for 10 minutes. And I, and I said to myself, you know, this is what works for me. Um, This is what, what helps me. So um definitely I agree with you on that and and it is it can be a chaotic moment it really can because you're just not doing anything for that sec for that for that few minutes 
Um, I, I love that. And I definitely, you know, you're not alone. That's how I meditate as well. Like I find it <laughs> insanely difficult to like have a setup and like do the sitting down and like, you know, be in a room where there's so many distractions and things and like making lists in my head. I find it so hard. So I feel like in order for me to like um, get the greatest benefit out of meditation, I have to do it just before I'm going to bed and like winding down or just as I'm waking up when I'm already lying down and in a bed and my brain can't be like, well, you're out of bed. You should be doing something else. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Right. 100%. 100%. Yeah. So important that you've, you've said that. And like the way I like that you've described like the way you meditate because so many people will just sort of get that one idea of, Oh yeah, they're preaching meditation and yoga again, but it's not the case. Like there's no no way to do it. (laughs) No, you should know in yoga class in high school, I was horrible. I was, horrible. <laughs> I was you, you'll, you, if my teacher is listening to this, I was horrible. Ask anyone. I hated PE class. Um, and we did yoga for, for a long mm-hmm. time. But just to touch on the point that you said about list making, another mm-hmm. thing I do that is important, I have a, 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 you know, my calendar book. I don't know how you would say my schedule book. Mm-hmm. And I write every single detail in there and all my lists and everything that I need to do during the week. And I, I plan ahead. And so my mind is clear. So when I need to do something or I have to do things, I just look at that book and everything is written down there. So that's that was another thing I wanted to touch on. Yeah, I like that. So you're just sort of getting it out so that it's not distracting you. But let's dive a little more into, you know, how we we're able to effectively plan and all that sort of stuff and get back into the mindfulness when we come back from this short break. Amazing. Thank you. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. Hey, you. Yeah, you. Are you tired of people asking you what you want to be when you grow up? Well, we can help. What if we gave you the money to start your own business? All you have to do is join the Teen Wealth Club. Even if you have no idea what you want to do, we can help you have the life of your dreams and play by your own rules. We are real, real people who believe that your life can be whatever you want it to be. And we know it works because we have hundreds of other teens just like you who are doing it right now. Check out GlobalTeenWealth.org and start the life of your dreams today. Don't forget to mention Teen Wealth Radio and we'll send you a free gift when you join. Or you can call us at 1-855-866-TEEN. That's 1-855-866-8336. GlobalTeenWealth.org. We're here to get you started on your future. Are you ready for a broad look at everything to do with the world of sports? If so, tune in to the Mike Abadir Show. It's a unique perspective to the connections between sports and business. Host Mike Abadir has negotiated numerous deals in the NFL. Along with co-host Gino Bacola, Mike will bring his expertise, discussion, and some terrific guests to the airwaves. Listen live for the Mike Abadir Show every Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. 
Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com. are tuned in to Teen Wealth Radio. To join in the conversation, send an email to Brandy at GlobalTeenWealth.com. That's Brandy with an I at GlobalTeenWealth.com. Now, back to this week's show. Hey, everyone. Welcome back here with Rebecca Shalon and Alika Rezvani. We've been having a really great chat about mindfulness and you know, ways to cope through, um, you know, heavy things that happen in life and all that sort of thing. And something you were talking about um, was the journaling and like just writing everything down. And I wanted to sort of um, expand upon the the idea of writing down the good things that happen each day. Like what would you define as like a good thing? What What is a good thing on a really bad day? Um like being asked to be on a radio show (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's very very good (laughs) you know uh, waking up in in a great mood or if you're having a bad day just maybe remembering that you know let's say if you're walking and you're having a bad day I'm able to walk Mm -hmm. or you know someone smiled at me today or someone said they were proud of me or something good happened to you in your career or the idea that, you know, more than anything is, is that is being able to change that thought process. It's yeah. a very difficult thing to do, actually. Very difficult. Rewiring thing. your brain. But it's so, it's so, our brains are so powerful. Like if you can rewire it in that way. But I think it's important that you're saying that, like, it's not just, you know, those big achievements where you're like, you know, I won an Oscar or, you know, I got um first place in something like it's not always like the really huge things which are great sometimes it can be a small thing just as small as like I was kind to myself today because that can be a huge win like to just be like today when I looked in the mirror I didn't hate myself right that is actually a huge thing and that like I think it's important to be like celebrating that because it might seem silly or like oh it's not um like an achievement or a victory but it is. So it, it is it is a big victory and I also feel that you can turn very much a sour thing into a good thing or you can turn something that is very little that happened to you somehow you can find a way to make it big in 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 your heart you know it mm. doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be big to someone else, but, um, you know, being being a part of a radio show, that's a big thing, you know, for 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 me and being able Mm -hmm. to talk about being able to talk to people, to reach out to people. You know, this is something that you can take and carry with you for forever. So don't you know, don't minimize the littlest thing, you know. Yeah, Um, certainly not little. Your your story could inspire people to, you know, take life into their own hands right now. Like, yeah, it's, it's good that you're here and like sharing a story and having the courage to do that as well. But, you, you know, so. what? let's let's talk about some of those achievements that you've you've had. Like, why don't you tell us about, you know, some of your your wild success stories? Because as much mm-hmm. as you've you've had like, um you know, a, a crazy, intense like life 
up to this point, you've also had some really amazing highs. Yeah, definitely. So um, met my 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 uh, uh, parents, who I call my adoptive parents, when I was fifteen, and since then it's really been it's really been soaring, uh, you know, for me because. First of all, in high school, I was involved in, in anything and everything from student council, drama club, uh, captain of the soccer team or, or whatever it was that I was doing. There was a million things. Something that was really huge was I was really into volunteer work, you know, uh, growing up and still very much love, love that that part of my life. Uh, that that I had for so long, and um, but when I was seventeen or sixteen years old, my um, my my adoptive mother she said to me that there's this really big scholarship that um, I want you to tr- to try for, and it's basically from the Children's Defense Fund. Mm-hmm. That is, um, it is um, the president of Children's Defense Fund is Marion Wright Edelman, who was a big uh, civil rights activist in the 60s. And um, I think she worked with, at some point with the Kennedys and um, a friend of Hillary Clinton. And, and even Hillary Clinton was um, a board member, I believe, uh, in Children's Defense Fund. And She's she's really spectacular, Marion uh, Wright Edelman. She knows a lot of people in the industry, but she's she's definitely a, a force for change. So mm. um, there was a scholarship called Beat the Odds, and it's basically for eleventh graders that beat the odds. Basically, that they had a challenge in life, and they um, not only overcame that challenge, but did great in their life, mm. and basically hundreds of people around uh, uh, children around uh, teenagers around LA apply for this and my mother said let's do this and um and I, I said okay well what are the chances that they'll pick me um you have to also understand that Reese Witherspoon was a board member JJ Abrams director mm-hmm. producer was a board member um this was really a heavy uh, um a, a really big thing um, and basically we got a call one day saying that I made it to the top 10 and this wow. is out of hundreds, hundreds of pe- of teenagers. And then, uh, I had this really big interview with like 10 board members and, um, and finally I got the call and I was picked as one of the five, uh, scholarship, uh, winners. And that whole year was leading up to a gala um, at a red carpet event at the Beverly Hills Hotel where, you know, lots of celebrities came and my, mm-hmm. my story would be told. But they also did a documentary, a small five minute documentary by a, Holly, by a Hollywood director uh, about my life. So they filmed me, um, you know, my school and in different places. And um, and, you know, that night, you know. J.J. Uh, Abrams, he presented me my award, and wow, it was really, you know, a very, a big footnote in my life, as they say. Yeah, and, nice and highlight. That definitely. So, um, that was a big thing for me, and also, you know, in the last, I would say, six years, I've been an extra and bit part actress, and. I studied uh, acting with uh, Jonathan Segal, who 
was one of the um one of the you know the actors in uh sh- the movie Schind- Steven Spielberg's Schindler's List mm-hmm. um, and um he played Paul Dick Pfefferberg and I loved his character and when I heard that there was an acting class where he would be one of the teachers I immediately jumped on it because I love that movie so much and I love this teacher so much this this uh this actor so much so um I did that and then I also um uh won best actress in that class and um you know I was also on a TV show called The Fashion Hero where I represented Israel um yes. I'm familiar <laughs> I know you. <laughs> I know you uh, wanted to get for those listening at home. That's how Alika and I met. Was on set of the fashion hero. We we're both on the TV show together. Definitely, and I represented Israel, and you represented Canada. So, um, uh, I think I was I was kind of like in the middle because I live in Vancouver, but I'm Aussie, right. so I was kind of like Australia and Canada. I was a I was a Canadian. Yeah. Australia slash Canada. But so. Yeah, yeah. Um, that was a really big deal for me to be able to represent, you know, Israel in that. But not not only that, um, you know, we 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 did a we were model. You know, we walked in fashion week. We were in a music video. We uh, really did a lot of things. You know, our show was on. Amazon and Lifetime mm-hmm. and TV Guide and, and a million things like that. So I feel that was, you know, a really, really big accomplishment for me. And then, uh, you know, somehow the show members put us on IMDb. A few of us put they put us on IMDb, and that's where my extra work and bit part acting work I I updated it into IMDb. And then uh, in the last few years, I I uh, was picked on a list of uh from imdb of one of israel's um most beautiful actresses it's i think it's these people that make lists for them or something that's cool and, uh, and i was I, i'm on that list so for me it's a really big accomplishment to be on the same list as you know gal gadot natalie portman um mm. you know uh Bara Faeli and all these all these big people so you know these are things that i are some highlights definitely in my life and I'm in the middle of writing a script currently and um yeah there there's there's a lot of other things too so <laughs> yeah well I'm I'm glad to hear some of your highlights and and achievements you should be really proud of all the things that you've been able to accomplish thank you so much and um you know to anyone really listening out there anyone anyone you know just i want just want you to know that if in any second your life can change mm. you know and in any second your life can get better just don't don't give up you know you can have that cinderella story and you can have that that you can be the one going to the ball you know mm-hmm. so don't give up honestly i know these are such trying times for people around the world just know that there is a light at the end of that tunnel and your you know your fairy tale can come in many different forms and in many different ways and just remember you know if you ever doubt it just remember my story and how difficult my childhood was to how things have changed and i really have gotten my fairy tale story so i hope anyone listening out there knows that it can happen for you too 
And where can people find you if they want to learn more about your story and who you are? So you can definitely Google me. I'm on Google. You can see um, red carpet pictures or you can see my Instagram, which is Elika, E-L-I-K-A dot R-E-Z-V-A-N-I. I'm also on Facebook under Elika Rizvani, E-L-I-K-A-R-E-Z-V-A-N-I. Um, or, you know, you could send, uh, inf- you know, emails to Rebecca, to you, and I would get any information. I would get, you know, any any messages from there as well. Okay. Well, um, you kind of already answered it, but I'm going to ask it anyway because this is uh, Brandy's favorite question that she ends every show with. If you had, you know, 30 to 60 seconds that the whole world had to just shut up and listen to what you had to say, what would you say? Oh, my God. Oh, goodness. Okay. Here we go. I would say say this. Some of the most successful people in the world have been people that have come from difficult circumstances or have been people that have come from difficult childhoods. Some of the most successful people in the world. Now, there is no formula, I think, for success. But I want you to know that just because you're going through a difficult time or whatever it is, it doesn't mean that tomorrow will be a difficult day. It really doesn't. It means that tomorrow can be a great day. So just keep trying. And, you know, honestly, just don't be afraid to look for help. Don't be afraid to meditate. Don't be afraid to take care of yourself. And remember another thing, you're not alone. Mental health is something that everyone goes through. And more than anything, just remember to be good to yourself I love that that is the perfect way to end our show thank you so much for being on the show with us today Alika like really appreciate you joining us from 3am in Israel Um, (laughs) and I hope everybody um, has had gotten something out of listening to this I certainly have thanks again Alika and we will catch everyone next week same time same place 5pm on Teen Wealth Radio thank you thank you so much Thanks for being part of Teen Wealth Radio. Please join your host, Brandy England, her guests, and panel of experts again next Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have an awesome week, and we'll see you here for the next show. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program.